Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And our guest today is poet, playwright and audio maker. It's Ross Sutherland. Hello, Ross. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me at your episode party. Not at all. Thank you very much for coming on. Freddie's going to kick off proceedings today. So, Freddie, lay it on us. Okay, I feel like I'm, I've come in with a real straight-laced, um, very, yeah, uh, very run-of-the-mill recommendation here. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think it, in the presence of the, the, other, the other recommendations, this one, this one really toes quite a, uh, quite a line. Um, this podcast is Analysis, and uh, like many BBC podcasts, it's a spin-off of a, a radio show. And Analysis examines the ideas and forces which shape public policy in Britain and abroad. I didn't realise this until I did my recommendation, but Analysis has been going since 1970. So it's got quite a history to it. And the original purpose, apparently, according to its little page on bbc.co.uk, uh, was to go beyond the BM Penzon agenda um which i've probably just butchered but apparently that's french for right thinking or orthodox um and i suppose actually in the context of it being like a 1970s production um i could see how that's the case i think now we've we've got plenty of podcasts that deal with similar subject matter um so i don't know how orthodox or unorthodox this is anymore but that's not to say that it's still not a good attempt at looking at these kind of perhaps unorthodox or unusual issues and uh yeah i indeed like there's some really really interesting ones i haven't listened to them all this is still quite a new podcast to me and i've been dipping in and out as i've kind of seen episodes that uh particularly interest me um but the one i the one i recommended um was uh one called will humans survive the century which um if there ever was a title to uh, inspire some kind of intrigue i think that's it um and uh i quite liked how kind of level headed headed it was in its approach i think you know there's there's kind of a few ways you could tackle like a question like this in a podcast particularly a podcast that's running at like less than half an hour and i think you could go down a really panic inducing and wild route and i think this was anything but i think this is almost the opposite direction so you had the presenter uh, David Edmonds, who was delightfully cheerful throughout the whole thing, almost to the point where that was slightly disconcerting in itself. It was almost <laughs> like he knew something we didn't. Um, and he goes around talking to these people who work in research centres for um, existential risk. So he starts speaking to these people about um, the different kind of risks that uh, face us and the different kind of things that could potentially wipe us out within the 21st century or beyond. And... Um, I think, you know, to its credit, I think it it covers a lot of ground. But at the same time, part of me felt like I kind of wanted to go a bit deeper on some of these things. But I think if you want to kind of overview and you're too terrified at the prospect of going deeper, then this does quite a nice job of kind of covering all the bases. Um, I found it kind of like interesting and quite an interesting way to end the podcast where he speaks to one of these researchers and asks about um, her having children and whether she'd still have another child knowing what she knows. And I thought that was quite a, a kind of like a, a, a very ominous and um, interesting note to end it on, considering how much this podcast kind of floats above the issues. And then at the very last minute goes very kind of um, very emotional, very personal. But yeah, I quite like it. Um, I, I as a podcast, I think I said this in my um, in the show notes that I, I, I'm still not 100 percent sure how much I like it as a podcast. It's not to say I dislike it; I just don't know if I love it or not yet. But I still think it's really good, and I think it's uh, it's worth talking about. So, with that in mind, I'll shut up. And Jack, what what did you think? Yeah, well, first off, if you want more than an overview, there's always the end of the world with Josh Clark which we've spoken about on the show before, where he does like an episode apiece. They're like 50 minutes each, and each one is on like, you know, there's one on artificial intelligence, there's one on deadly pathogens and all of that. So he goes very deep. Although obviously if you're chain listening to those like I did, um, it kind of 
makes the next few days feel a bit odd and wobbly but no so this this episode of analysis i thought was very interesting particularly on the back of listening to the end of the world and in fact anders sandberg who is spoken to on analysis also appears heavily Mm. in the in the end of the world as well and as you say i mean it, it plays it straight and you know it pops the subject in one of those really sturdy kind of dependable bbc nutshells where you can get what you need in like half an hour David Edmonds, I think he sort of reminds me a bit of Louis Theroux a bit. There's almost like a smirk right. to the way that he's delivering lines and asking questions. And uh, I, I kind of like him. He's got a strange delivery, actually, hasn't he? Because mm. his first line, he says like, well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, which is a strange way to pronounce like that particular phrase. But I <laughs> yes. think it's he does it. I think he knows what he's... Oh, no, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he... <laughs> sake he's been doing it long enough but yeah i just think he's a a really interesting person to be taking this question forward um there are a few bits that i hadn't really considered before and didn't actually crop up in that josh clark series so the idea of uh, zealots being a potential cause of existential Mm. risk um omnicidal desires that was uh, you know a word that i've never heard before which i thought was interesting as well for them to contemplate the use of technology to augment video footage to make it look like that world leaders were saying nasty things about each other and antagonising oh, each other. That yeah. was pretty bleak. And I agree, Freddie, like the bit that you found most interesting about questioning these researchers on how studying this subject has affected their relationship with reality was really interesting. And in fact, you could probably do a whole episode about that. Like, how have these people reframed in their everyday lives because they're dealing with this macro scale catastrophe i mean i like that anders sandberg basically says that he gets solace from the fact that he's doing something about it which is great for the rest of us because obviously we're not working at (laughs) one of these institutions but so i enjoyed it i'm glad you put it in my direction i have had analysis in my subscribe feed for a while and just never taken the plunge because i think i know that i'm going to get something that's very direct and dependable and and bbc and that's not what i'm i'm always in the mood for but enjoyed it uh ross what do you think okay that that yeah what you're just saying there is kind of yeah i've been trying to grapple with a similar thing really so it's trying to think about what is it specifically that i ask for from a podcast that i don't ask from uh from listening to the radio in in general but like yeah i don't know there is something i mean in general like i think the, my my sort of go-to answer for that is always something to do with like intimacy i guess not always because the, the most intimate voice but just like i'm automatically just like carrying that voice with me into quite weird vulnerable parts of my life it's always, often like last night before i go to bed for yes. example or <laughs> right. when i'm on a train station on my own and i'm kind of like waiting 45 minutes for like a a connection and i'm kind of using uh voice in that way a familiar voice to sort of carry me through something Mm. and in but then again at at the same time yeah so maybe like that's maybe why I, i don't have quite so many uh radio 4 documentaries in my podcast feed because i like them in a different kind of space sure yeah but then again i don't know when is a good time to li- talk to listen to something about the end of the world that is quite a, <laughs> a personal quiet like reflective time and so maybe like actually using the radio Four format to to like bury down into something like this it, it, it's just like i don't know i actually didn't find it too pressing by the end and i thought i no. would he mm. you know like and, and, and maybe it was due to the, the way that it was constructed and delivered maybe it was uh, as you say freddie in the way that it kind of like quite lightly keeps skipping it keeps moving forward it doesn't allow anything to like settle too long it kind mm. of it can, it, so uh, giving a kind of keeping things moving let's teach you about a couple of things, but hey, let's just move on to the next one <laughs> and kind of like kind of keep it going. You you'll you'll have time to reflect on this later. Um, so yeah, so I an analysis was embarrassing to say, uh, considering its its kind of age and pedigree, uh, but it was actually it was new to me uh, as well. But I think yeah, like being able to have something which. May yeah, if it, it, being able to tackle something sli- that's slightly 
would struggle to fit into a kind of more mainstream documentary format and i know how it is with the bbc and, and how much they have to do this kind of constant demographic crunching yes. you know in terms of like who's listening and you know and and, and who they are and, and knowing all about them and knowing their audience is part of it so it's always good when you kind of feel them kind of going a little bit further down uh, like a path when they're doing something which feels more uh, specialist I'm, I'm 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 always down for that nice brilliant yeah i mean it is interesting isn't it i i I, I had the same feeling, Ross, which was just like I, I, I didn't feel as, as fearful or as sad about it as I thought I would do going into such a big question and such a kind of like doomsday scenario type theme. And I think, yeah, part of that was um, uh, due to uh, due to the the delivery of David um, and, and how he, he kind of comes across in this cheerful way. And he makes reference to the fact he's quite cheerful about it all throughout, um, which I found quite funny he protests um, too but, much that guy yeah yeah i i, I think he knows something we don't um <laughs> but i i think you're right and i it was it was a weird feeling listening to it it was a weird feeling uh and i i almost think that sometimes podcasts like this are almost like i kind of feel like they're like pub conversation fodder where you get just enough of a a, a topic to kind of understand it and possibly hold you know like a brief conversation about it but not enough to really you know if someone really quizzed you about it you might struggle but who does that in a pub yeah. most of the time <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah if someone was like sat there with fish and chips you'd be like you won't be having that in a hundred years mate and then they'd go yeah. why and you'd be like don't know um <laughs> listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah unless you're all really pissed in which case you might go down that route of having a very intense conversation that you know you feel pretty rubbish about afterwards um <laughs> but yeah no well I'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you both took something from it on a on a different level i'm 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 really intrigued actually like i say i've i've been kind of dipping in and out of it but there's there's so many uh, older episodes that um i'm tempted to dig into i think the bbc on their website have about 300 odd available and yeah. uh there's some yeah it's just some really really interesting ones in there as well i mean the one straight after will humans survive the century was are we heading for a mass extinction um and yeah again <laughs> like, you that know, nail home <laughs> well you know and then and then also like why what, will china and america go to war so again i mean if you really want to um feel slightly scared about your own existence then that's a good way to go but there's also kind of more um general ones as well so you know you, you've got ones like um well again like you've got one about like what could cause the next future financial crash which you know is slightly less existential but still really interesting they all seem to have kind of like a slightly negative connotation in that sense but i do think it's really really interesting is it always so david edmonds no i think they um they do rotate on uh, on their presenters i think they say actually our presenters are journalists academics and writers so it does vary um so i think yeah it'd be really interesting to see kind of um how other presenters presenters take things as well and they they do um i think they do 26 a year so roughly probably not far off our schedule jack to be honest um so uh, i'm not trying to make a comparison there i'm not trying to like align ourselves in any way but um yeah so i th- there's a there's a lot of ground covered and I'm, I'm 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 like i say i'm, I'm so new to this that I, I really want to dig in and, and see how other people tackle their subjects and uh, see how some of these kind of less terrifying subjects work as well yeah for sure well nice nice one to get us off the blocks ready even Thanks. though you put a bit of a downer on it at the beginning, it turned out to be all right at the end, didn't it? <laughs> oh, that's what I can only hope for. <laughs> Ross, let's have your recommendation, if you'd like to tell us a bit about it. Sure. Um, so the um, the uh, podcast that I wanted to recommend is a podcast called The Shadow Trap, which uh, they're kind of, I think their tagline is uh, catching fiction's worst monsters in film and folklore. Now, um, so these the two podcasters who make this uh, this, this show, uh, they're Brighton-based uh, podcasters. I first heard them, uh, the names are Rosie and Bob. Um, I first heard them on the Twin Peaks podcast, uh, Diane. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of this this other podcast. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would heartily recommend Diane to any uh, Twin Peaks fans. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of, sort of similarities between sort of Diane and The Shadow Trap. It kind of helps, I think, to go from quickly from one to the other uh, because uh, uh, both of them, they apply quite dense 
analytical processes to storytelling. Like they're interested in mythology and psychoanalysis and uh, symbology. Is that a word? I think I might have just made that word up. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I like but, it. Um, we'll yeah. go with that. Symbology, <laughs> right. But I, like, I think uh, what, what they sort of tend to do is they treat cinema a little bit like um like a like a public dream if that makes sense yeah. like so if you, like, the stories that are told to us by cinema are little windows into like what scares us as a culture what what we aspire to as a culture like, what makes us anxious so um so you can analyze them a little bit like you would like interpret uh, dreams. It's it's more like they're just like windows to look through to see what it says about audiences. Now, of course, if you're analysing the work of David Lynch, you're going to have to do that because you can't really <laughs> approach David Lynch from a point of view of uh, plot. So you have to sort of take everything as a kind of metaphor and as a feeling. Uh, however, like what I quite like about the Shadow Trap is that it, it, it kind of takes this approach to, to other films. So suddenly you, you've got a podcast where you're taking films like Labyrinth or Harry and the Hendersons or uh, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and th- you're seeing these films discussed in the same way that you would almost discuss David Lynch. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I really kind of like this approach to cinema because it's not really auteurthory. We're not really bothered too much about, I think, you know, I, I don't want to... Uh, yeah, I, I would say this. They don't, don't seem too interested in what the, the filmmaker or the director is putting there more as much as just like what it says about us in, yes. in general. And uh, so the, the, the Shadow Trap has like a kind of very specific agenda, which well, I think locks down and makes this a bit more easy to, to kind of grapple with because they're specifically interested in monsters. They're interested in understanding monsters. And um, I, I, I think that maybe I learned this from another episode of the podcast, but uh, the word monster derives from the same root as the word demonstration. And I think that connection, it sort of says, it's like, well, this is about like how monsters are here to teach us something about ourselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, so I think the Shadow Trap, it does like a great job of kind of like, yeah, looking at monsters as a way of like, what are monsters demonstrating to us? What affliction of culture, what part of our human psyche does like this monster, uh, represent? So every episode they take like a, a different monster and they use like one particular film to analyze it. So usually it's, the subject is maybe something you would more traditionally associate with um with the word monster uh like there's an episode where it's like okay well we're gonna try and understand vampires and the the film we're gonna use to explore that is bram stoker's dracula uh and they'll then go through that and they'll ask a series of questions they ask the same questions every time to try and get deeper into an understanding of like how that monster works like where does it nest what does it fear where does it come from uh what does it want and you sort of use those questions to try and like unpack the sort of like what the what the monster represents uh however i did the episode that i uh i suggested that we talk about today is like uh like a slight sort of like twist on that it's a slightly later episode in the sort of in their kind of podcast feed so on this particular episode um what they're looking at is uh the monster they're looking at is the corporation and uh the film that they're using to explore that is robocop now you see, <laughs> then I, I think, like, of course, like, corporations are often baddies in uh, films, right? Like, that's something that's, like, quite familiar. And, like, I, I think they could have chosen maybe a slightly more highbrow film to talk about the things. They could have chosen, like, uh, Blade Runner or something like that. Right. I mean, all of, like, the whole entire genre of, like, cyberpunk often tends to have, like, the big baddie is, like, some sort of, like, faceless corporate entity uh right it's, it's, it's quite quite often the case um but no they, they, they chose like a slightly more trashy example but maybe easier because like i guess in robocop everything's maybe slightly more on the nose everything's slightly more amplified <laughs> and as a result that's like if you're kind of like doing like an analysis of like well you know like what how is this corporation how does it fit into our category of monsters? Uh, you can kind of learn something uh, maybe slightly more. It's, it's slightly easier to, to, to do the, the kind of like the interpretation. And yeah, Robocop 
it like it really does lay it on thick uh and i i like this idea of you know like what what i think we get in 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 the uh, the shadow trap is yeah is this this idea of like well comparing like a a corporation and putting it within the category of monsters it sort of suggests that what tends to scare us about other genre monsters whether that's kind of zombies or vampires or whatever like and the kind of qualities that scare us about that you know like the 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 kind of the endlessness of zombies or the sort of like the capacity to to endlessly consume all that kind of like monstrousness is actually something that kind of tends to appear in these type of films as well like that this is like corporations in movies kind of tend to work in a in a in a similar way so hmm. yeah i i i i must admit like i've listened to a lot of episodes of the shadow trap and like quite not sometimes i do feel like uh i don't know all the things that uh rosie and bob are referencing i'm not always completely uh <laughs> up on it all um but um but I, I i've always got a soft spot for taking pop culture very seriously <laughs> uh, i almost i'll go one step i think I, I like people who take it too seriously um, um and because I, I, I don't know. I think I, maybe I relate to this because of some of uh, my own work that I do. Like I sort of I like working with pop culture because they, they tend to be these kind of like these canonic texts that everybody knows, and that means it's like a it's like a shared place to start and to discuss. You know, like my background was uh, writing poetry. And if you just look back even, you know, like uh, like a hundred years at the kinds of things that are being referenced in in poetry then, they're not necessarily part of our our kind of shared kind of cultural canon now, you know, like, uh, and so some of the references are kind of lost. So I, I, I yeah, I like, I like contemporary, uh, you're using contemporary texts and, and it, does seem that like if you can take anything and it can be anything at all and if you stare at it long enough it starts to tell you something about yourself <laughs> and, and in fact if you stare at it even longer it starts to feel like the most important text in the world <laughs> right you know like that's the power of like attention on something like i um i made a, a theater show uh about six years ago which involved um a videotape which I found in the loft of my house and on it was a bunch of like TV shows that me and my granddad had recorded off the TV and one of the things on it was the opening credits of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and I just like and so in, in this uh, play I just play those opening credits again and again and again <laughs> and try and do deeper and deeper analysis on it like every single time until like eventually by the end you know like will smith's journey from philadelphia to bel-air becomes like the most important journey in like the history of uh, <laughs> of, of anything and it also sort of becomes like a eulogy to my granddad as a sort of like as a result of it and i'm so I, I just i kind of really like that idea of just like really getting so deep inside a text that you could use it as a lens to talk about anything so yeah i'm a big i'm a big fan of of the shadow trap and i, and I guess i kind of chose i wanted to choose one that was uk based and mm. i wanted to choose one that i i i uh i i listened to a lot of the episodes of but um yeah i'd be interested to know what you guys think i mean i listened to this episode that you picked twice because i listened to it once and then realized quickly that it would be so much better if i'd actually watched robocop before so <laughs> right yeah I, I watched robocop and then uh i listened to it again and I absolutely loved it. Actually, I've missed out a little bit there, which is I listened to the uh, the Shadow Trap, and then I listened to an episode of Diane because I've seen all of Twin Peaks, and it was only a, a year and a half ago, I think, that I did the whole thing very, very quickly, and mm. still feel like I, I can kind of feel it on my fingers a bit. That whole experience. Um, listen to the one that they did on the woods, and had the most enriching experience just listening to them trading theories back and forth i mean you know the wonderful thing about that show is obviously that 
any single person can come in and completely shake your perspective on what everything means and how everything fits together. And that happened over and over again as I was listening to that episode. So I thought, what a great opportunity. If I watch Robocop now, I can have, again, a second reading of it from these people who can really illuminate new ways of of seeing the film. And I thought, as you've very eloquently explained, Ross, the idea of having monsters at the centre of it, I think, is a really interesting way to perceive these films and a lens through which to to view these texts and i love the fact that they place a lot of importance on examining monsters as ways in which uh i mean as you've said they manifest certain things about ourselves but also how yeah how these monsters exist within a cultural lineage and historical lineage as well so they talk a lot in this episode about robocop about the very first evidence that they found of a corporation, which is the Dutch East India Trading Company. And they draw a lot of parallels between the way the corporation works in Robocop and the East India Trading Company. And a lot of it's quite uncanny. And you realise that the reason that these entities, when they appear in Robocop, have such a sinister reputation is because there's so much packed into them from throughout history and throughout previous exposures which make it so i love their manner of speaking about these things i love the fact that actually when you're listening to the podcast you know that it's recorded in one room you can hear the pages rustling and it sounds like they've just got these spillages of like research notes that they've hauled into the studio and have just spewed over the desks and they're going through it all obsessively it kind of feels like that they definitely had these conversations prior to ever thinking that they could bring microphones in and capture it all and put it Mm. out there which is always i mean those are invariably my favorite podcasts to hear it's just like you just happen to be listening in to two people doing their thing. I thought that they're clearly like super well practiced in thinking about culture in this way as well. Because they make some really fascinating points, I thought, on how Robocop draws on the key tenets of the corporation. So, I mean, the whole relationship between corporate environments and sanitation and how dust is its sort of own form of rebellion against corporate environments. So that's why the toilets are all super clean and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Uh, I just, I, I had a great time with it. I've downloaded the one about The Witch, actually, because it's not been long since I watched that film. And I'm really looking forward to to hearing them talk about more stuff. And also, as well, they've definitely inspired me to go back and watch Twin Peaks. Because they, they do like a, a thing where they do like an episode at a time, don't they? And then talk about it, right? Yeah, and they did like um, a quick, they were watching along with season three and giving quite like episodes doing quite fast reactions to it. And now they've just started a much like deeper dive. So now they've just, they've gone back to the start of season three and they're going to giving like a much more uh, sort of considered sort of, uh, yeah, so I'm, I've done the same. I've just, based on the fact that they've just come back and started that, I immediately went and bought the uh it, i bought season three on dvd so i can like watch along with it uh, oh, as, nice. as it kind of comes out uh which i love doing and like you know like and it's the same i think i did it for with uh it's not with a podcast but when the av club started doing like essays on every single episode of the sopranos it was the same <laughs> sort of thing for me i was like right okay i'm going through i'm, I'm taking this as like my as my kind of guide through it just so I can, you know, like just, yeah, just get somebody uh, who can just open up all these new sort of like layers of interpretation to me that that I wouldn't necessarily have noticed on my own. Absolutely. Oh, I can't wait. It's got me all tingly and excited. I love these kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie, what do you reckon? Yeah, this, um, this took me back to uh, studying media in secondary school and the the time when uh little did i know that this would be a real important point in my life but our our teacher revealed that for a term we'd just be watching the same episode of the office over and over again (laughs) your whole life has flowered uh, forth from that point hasn't it like you have no idea ross jack does because i think jack and i very much bonded over our mutual love of of it um and you know we just go through it on like uh, on a a mind new basis and we'd watch the same two minutes over and over again and we'd look at every single thing in the scene every single word and and dig into it in like 
this ridiculous detail and sometimes it was really clear that it was intentional and other times it was like clear that we were we were digging into stuff that perhaps wasn't intended or maybe you were it digging was, into yourself uh, yeah. in, in doing it what was this yeah. what was the clip what was the clip yeah uh it was the uh it was the episode where it's red nose day that oh, was the that, that was the one we 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 did that one over. We watched other ones as well, um, but that was the one we did a lot of stuff on. And I think we ended up, I think that was part of my exam was writing an essay on it. Um, and it was probably the last time I wrote a full essay by hand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and this and this show kind of reminded me of that in a really kind of fond way. In the way that I wish I had more time to sit down and do this with more um, more stuff these days. I wish I'd, I could sit down and and look at different types of media in in this kind of level of detail and um I'm, i really appreciate that someone decided or two people decided they were going to base a whole podcast around it because i think it's um it, it it can produce some really really interesting results and I, I really enjoyed this episode i can't remember the last time i worked for robocop i remember i've seen it but it's been a very long time um but it, it did bring you know that it did bring that back to me but i just really love it as like a format and as a as a vehicle for for a podcast to, to take to take a set text of like a film and uh, and dig into it in this kind of detail and apply like this kind of rigid methodology to it and answer these questions and um yeah i think rosie and bob clearly are are, are great hosts and they have like a wonderful rapport about them and they work really well together and uh you know i think as jack said you know that they've clearly done so much research and there's so much prep going into this that um it you know it's certainly i think jack does a slightly better job on this show than i do i mean he goes off and watches films and stuff and i don't i Um, work part-time mate yeah um but i mean uh, you know one one day one day um but uh, you know uh, it kind of puts us to shame i think you know with the, the amount of stuff they're able to kind of dig up in advance of sitting down and chatting through it and and, it, and I, yeah i just really really enjoyed it it's it's not a podcast that uh, of this kind of like i've never i've never listened to a podcast like this before that's taken on some, a, a film or, or you know a piece of television or whatever in this way and um you know at first I thought, am I going to enjoy this or is it going to go into a level of detail that I just don't care for? And then I had these flashbacks to uh, my media teacher who, who just loved eating <laughs> clementines the entire time throughout the lesson. She sat there and like chewed through about five clementines during our like, two-hour lesson. The man, I, don't know, I don't know whether he had scurvy or what, but like, he, he his, loved his it. His enamel must be fucked. He must have none left whatsoever. That's dangerous When he left behavior. the school, when he retired, we all chipped in and bought him clementines and there what was 30 of us chipped in How i don't know we got off a tangent here but I'll, I'll tell you this now right so no we went oh let's buy him a leaving gift and everyone put in about two quid so there was about 60 quid between us oh my god and and then we got to Tesco and we didn't really know what to buy him. Someone went, oh, let's get him clementines. It'd be really funny. How much clementines can we get for 60 quid? It was buy one, get one free on the bags of them. <laughs> We're talking like two car boots full. He ended up giving them out to the whole school. I'm not kidding. It was, um, you know, we literally cleared Tesco out of clementines and then the whole school had them for a day. And it felt like quite a fitting tribute. But at the time, and then I look back on it now and I'm like, that was grossly wasteful. Um, but anyway... <laughs> So I mean, that's that. This is not. That's nothing to do with the podcast. But what I will say is that I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that it reminded me that uh, digging into a film or anything really to that level of detail does have real merit and real value, and it produces some really interesting results. So yeah, um, I haven't listened to any of this yet, but I, I'm going to have a have a delve through the uh, the archive of episodes and see what other ones I might enjoy. Great, great. Beautiful. So please. Great. Well, we have one more recommendation on the table, and it is mine. Uh, it's a podcast called Here Be Monsters, which is a show by Jeff Entman and Bethany Denton. Jeff Entman, we've actually had on the podcast before. It's not out now, but it will be by the time this is out. Gosh, that makes no sense. We'll probably cut that out. But it's a podcast <laughs> that describes itself as a podcast about the unknown, which I've enjoyed thinking of in various different ways. I mean, it seems to be a podcast whose subject matter centres on the things that we don't understand. So 
there's a lot of episodes that seem to be about people's own relationships with certain forces or entities in their life that they're just coming to terms with or trying to figure out. There's a great one recently where Bethany talked about uh, the fact that she's comes from a Mormon family and their relationship with parenthood means that she's left with a lot of thoughts about her own potential role as a, a mother or whether or not she wants kids. Uh, there's another episode on someone's experiences with ASMR and mm-hmm. treating that as like focusing on the, that as a new experience and a new sensation and the kind of unknown facet of it. So there's a lot of episodes about things kind of emerging from the unknown. But also structurally, I think the podcast manifests in so many different ways. So the episodes that come out, they're all incredibly different. You never quite know what you're going to get. And it's easier to contemplate what you think you're going to get on the basis of what you haven't already heard from the show. And so, again, the podcast kind of emerges from the unknown. You you never know what you're going to get, and it's likely going to be completely different to what you last heard. And the episode that I picked was one called Much Corruption, which is episode 101. And it feels like, and I believe it is as well, essentially, or at least partly, an autobiographical story by Jeff Entman, about a period that he had as a child when he got really into this fantasy computer game, which is full of wizards and orcs and trolls and all that kind of stuff. And also a story from his past where he went kayaking with, I think, a friend of his father, who was a surgeon. Mm -hmm. And it melds together and flits between this experience of him playing this computer game, this story of him going kayaking, And also this kind of fantastical narrative of a gnomish wizard that he speaks about as the first person gaining magical powers and then struggling with the experience of losing these powers and basically accruing what he refers to as corruption, which is basically his breath going bad, his skin going nasty and losing faith. And I've listened to the episode a couple of times and I think there's so much lovely stuff to draw from it i mean jeff leaves it all wide open really but i i mean speak having spoken to him recently i know that he's someone who's thinking a lot about getting older and thinking about as well the fact that he originally wanted this podcast he thought this podcast could save the world originally and he doesn't think that anymore and this episode seems to be an encapsulation of basically the dimming optimism of growing old that kind of boundless energy disappearing just the, the the signs of age starting to occur and coming to terms with that as a form of corruption i mean that seems to be one at least one interpretation of corruption and there's so many lovely points i think where you have uh for example you've got a point where he's kayaking and he gets himself into a bit of a mess and he's in this dam which is basically he's getting like thrown against the wall and he can't paddle out of this kayak And then it's immediately paralleled with this story of the gnomish wizard battling a bunch of animated trees. (laughs) And you start to realise that these worlds are overlapping in this way that feels, I mean, firstly reminiscent of memory, the way that things kind of slide into each other and the boundaries between worlds are wide open and things are just sloshing around. But also childhood, where you just amble around, not really giving a shit as to what's real and what's not. You know, he talks about... And he's looking out the car window as a kid and seeing dragons swimming through the sky. So I just love the way that Jeff writes. I think he's got such a strong voice, particularly at this point in the podcast's journey. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this episode. And each time I listen to it and even think about it, I feel like I'm drawing more out of it. The sound design is always impeccable. Headphones are always essential. I just love this podcast. He did another one recently called Negative Space where he just took an old episode and cut all the voices out, which to (laughs) me was so wonderful and kind of summed up why I love this podcast, which is that it's pulling focus on the things that lay at the perimeter. Uh, And that seemed to encapsulate it really nicely. So yeah, lots to say about this podcast, but I'll stop there. Uh, Ross, what do you think of this one? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I love Here Be Monsters so much. And, you know, just to 
to you know just as you you said you know i love how it's always shifting always changing um and i guess because it's about crossing into the unknown there's always like a place where any sort of traditional way of capturing it won't work anymore you have to kind of step over the kind of like the edge into this kind of unknown space and kind of fill it in yourself and mm. uh so i love the way that he kind of uses both fiction and and non-fiction something i've been trying to get my head around for years and i, I can't like is this idea like that um john keats wrote about like negative capability about like and and and, and that as far as i as far as i understand it it's about like the kind of responsibility of like an artist to sort of be inside uncertainty, like not to try and like force everything down and lock it down into fit fact and reason, but to sort of like allow some things to sort of float and to allow sort of like doubt in. Mm. And I think that's something that like, I sort of feel, uh, yeah, I kind of feel in, 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 in Hebe monsters all the time. I think at one point I, I heard Jeff describing the way that he makes stuff um, a bit like there's like two streams running alongside each other and like one's the sort of like the story and one's the sound design and traditionally they go in parallel And but what he's kind of interested in is the idea of things moving away and then kind of coming back in and kind of bisecting mm. and that, that sort of I getting my head around what what he's kind of describing there still kind of like i blows my mind a bit uh in just in terms of how radio can create overlapping spaces and separate spaces you know how you can kind of shape in in this kind of three-dimensional sense uh like multiple threads multiple narratives and uh yeah in a story like this i yeah i love the fact that the all the video game stuff which i think i did like digging a bit i think that the text adventure game that he's playing is called ancient domains of mystery (laughs) uh and um but i love the fact that he just calls it the caves near my hometown (laughs) like 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 that's that it's, it's it's given like this kind of this actual it's kind of like it's geographically located in it like well in the kind of dream space but also in a real space and I, yeah i really i really love that and just how well integrated those these kind of or the slippage between like his kind of gnomish self and his kind of and his real kind of like young boy senses like his mates called bloodhammer the barbarian <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um yeah and um yeah, so I, I and, and but I think it's also he's kind of like touching also as you on the, the limitations of spaces and maybe it, it, as you were saying about like realizing that acknowledging your own aging and 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 and, and talking about limitations that even like you know you have like the limitations of this kind of video game world and also like the limitations of storytelling as a great bit where that he, he very briefly touches on the fact that there's another dad who goes kayaking yeah but he's not really important to the story so he just he got he says i've written him out of the story an invisible background dad yeah he's just like is he's not because he's you know just so that, that acknowledgement that he's in a constructed space yes and and that and that kind of playfulness and kind of like acknowledging those kind of things um yeah i i i, I really really love um, and I did it recently myself as well. Actually, uh, at the end of the story, I think he goes back into the the the, the video game to just like wander around it yes. and kind of like have like an nostalgic feel. And I was like, oh, that's n- n- that's what I was because tr- I, I, I recently I re-downloaded uh, the computer game Monkey Island, and I did the same thing. I was like, oh, I was last <laughs> I was last here when I was like eight. Wow, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wander around these like the, the 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 this kind of this pirate island, and just kind of like because if you don't visit a place again, you sort of lose the memories that are sort of coded into it. So yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, like I, I should do that more often. I should go back and just as a sightseer, as a tourist, <laughs> go back to an old video game, not to save the world, but just to um just to kind of like look at the architecture again because i'm older now (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, which is something unique to computer games, isn't it? You can't really do that so much, at least not in the same way as with like TV shows and stuff, because you're immediately mm. plonked on the rails of a story. Uh, yeah. You can't amble to the edges. But, um, yeah, I mean, Freddie, what do you make of all this? Here be monsters business. Well, also, I'm going to start on the computer games thing now because we're, you know, just to just to make it nice and smooth or not. But I mean, like they're they're also they're also kind of stuck in time, aren't they? You know, uh, all these things are of their time and they don't change. Like you know, if you go and revisit a, a real physical space that you once knew, chances are it looks very different to what it was when you were a certain age. But if you visit a computer game again, it's very unlikely that anything's changed about it. Um, mm, yeah. But regardless of that, I really really enjoy this podcast um obviously i'd I'd listened to um a few episodes prior to having jeff on episode party so i already kind of knew what i was in for um but i think the last time i listened i was kind of um digging around on my own accord and not really knowing where to start and there there are plenty of episodes to listen to um so it was really nice actually jack to get like a a recommendation from you as uh the person who kind of came across here be monsters first you know and and to to see what you know you consider to be like a a good example of what this podcast is all about and i really 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 enjoyed this this episode i think that that jeff does this wonderful job and i think you picked up on it there ross um and jack about like him writing out specific people um because they they were less important i think there's something really interesting about um not feeling the need to entirely recount a memory or like not feeling the need to um, faithfully reimagine something that's happened and acknowledging the bits that you kind of cared about and the bits that you didn't and yeah. acknowledging that your your memory kind of warps over time and and you know parts of uh, of a scene that, that were definitely there don't stick around in your head so why why bother trying to recount them you know if they if they they're not the things that come to you immediately do they really matter when you're retelling a story and yeah i i I absolutely loved it. I think, yeah, there's that, that, Ross, you were talking about what Jeff was saying about the kind of two streams that run alongside each other in terms of story and sound design and how he wants them to overlap. And I, I couldn't think of a better way to describe it, to be honest. I think there's such a there's such a wonderful sense of sometimes the the music and the sound design takes over and sometimes the story takes over and sometimes they're working alongside each other in a really nice way. And um, I haven't heard so many podcasts that do it in such a good way mm. um i talked about this on uh, on our last episode which we actually recorded last night with um tom wong about when a lot of podcasts try and do this kind of immersive sound design it can come across forced or a bit overbearing and there's nothing about that um it's just really really nicely done clearly very carefully done as well and there's a lot going on in in the soundscape of of this episode um that kind of evokes the the kind of scene and the narrative um but without sounding like he's just slapping a load of stuff on top of each other which is which right. is exactly what you don't want i think and that's a really really amazing thing to be able to do and there's a lot of talent in that as well um, I love the way that the kind of different separate narratives of this story kind of crisscross into each other as well. And they kind of flow on from each other kind of without without really, you know, it takes you a few seconds, especially when you first start listening to the episode to like realize that you've gone from one story to another. Yes. Um, and I really love that. I think because I think, again, that that's how we you know, well, certainly in me, me, that's how you kind of recount memories. And sometimes, you know, you can conflate two entirely separate scenarios or separate memories and kind of merge them into one. It also kind of reminds me about how I feel about dreams sometimes. Every now and then I'll, I'll recount a dream that I had that feels like a really strong memory of a very specific dream. And then later on, I'll realize that it was actually two or three different dreams or a dream and an actual real life memory that I've had all kind of merging together. So in that sense, that 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 really got me with this podcast. And I think that's what makes it so compelling. Um, you know, I think Jeff does such a such an amazing um, job with 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 the story itself. So, yeah, I really, really enjoy it. And uh, I'm I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it beyond just kind of uh, praising what Jeff did when he was uh, he was on episode party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought this podcast definitely deserved its own sort of dedicated appraisal. 
Although, you know, Jeff did a great job also describing it as well. But yeah, super. I mean, Ross, you mentioned something actually, which is quite intriguing to me, which is the fact that in relation to Here Be Monsters, actually, that there is value to be seen in imbuing work with doubt or leaving doubt within the work. And I noticed that with your podcast, Imaginary Advice, you describe it as a sketch pad for new ideas and new ways of telling stories. So does that word sketch pad, is that important to you, that it is seen as a sketch pad? Does that allow you to go other places <laughs> with it? I mean, yeah, I think it is kind of useful. I mean, like, as with all, whether it's a podcast or at all, uh, when it comes to me sitting down to do writing, there's a certain amount of a preliminary stage, which is always about giving myself permission. And, you know, that is about setting things up. Whenever I try and teach like a creative writing workshop, which uh, I kind of do from time to time, I always try and tell the, the the students or the writers that are coming into the room that like, you know, I want to run the session a bit like a series of massive crash mats and you know each new exercise is really a chance for you to fling yourself at that crash mat and like opening yourself up to you know like being able to label something as like oh it's an experiment you know we're gonna try this thing out yeah is useful in the same way that saying um elegant failing is useful you know if you're just basically like <laughs> hey like it's like the do you know how amazing it is i think it's sometimes why some of my favorite films are just like r- really like over ambitious failures where you just go like oh well you you, you reached for the stars <laughs> like you like you made bold creative decisions uh Richard Kelly's Southland Tales and uh, and you know like and whatever came out I still respect you know I was res- I respect how interesting that 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 work is for for just for, for just just going for it and so I, I think like yeah that, that all falls into part of um my, my me giving myself permission and I I I think like if the work is effective beginning with a kind of uh, a kind of invisible question like is it possible to make a story using uh only a, a word search uh <laughs> as inspiration uh and even if the answer at the end of the episode is no <laughs> then that's still fine that's still fine like i still think like going on like like that journey and uh, watching someone uh kind of like going through it and experimenting it i think and and because i think actually to a certain degree the artist making the work becomes internalized as a character within it because you're watching somebody trying to make sense of something. Yes. Uh, you're sort of, you get to ride shotgun with them, sort of sat at their desk as they're, uh, as they're trying to make a piece of work sort of materialize. So in that sense, it doesn't matter if it succeeds or fails. Uh, you've still had that, that, that journey of that person making the piece. I think uh, when I listen to yours, I mean, one thing that always sticks in my head is the fact that you often mention at the end of your episodes that they take, say, two to three weeks to put together a lot of the time. <laughs> and uh, but I, I, the, the reason <sighs> I, I mention that is the fact that listening to the episode on horse facts recently, I could just <laughs> imagine you basically subsisting on nothing but horse facts for like three. That's what it felt like is the product of yeah. someone who labored. And, you know, you would talk about inserting the character into the podcast. I always <laughs> feel you within the podcast and horse facts. I really felt <laughs> you were really, uh, really <laughs> present. I mean, this is a very vague question, but I mean, how deep do these episodes take you over that period? Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, sure, it can be, yeah, it can be, uh, like, and because I'm, you know, partly because I'm sort of, like, restless, partly because, like, I'm still sort of, tr- like, exploring different formats and different ways of working, yeah, I've never had a sort of, like, a, a structure that I can sort of fall back on next time round, and so, and I think because of that, um, y- yeah, like, it, each new episode feels like a slightly more, I have to sort of commit to the experience of it a bit, but that one <laughs> in particular, yeah, it's like, I get, you know, like, yes, you you can feel in the episode the, the deep level of, 
Well, I guess, and actually, to a certain degree, talking about um, uh, the shadow trap earlier in the idea of like, well, listen, if you keep looking into something, you know, like it, it becomes, you know, like it starts to become the the central focus point of the entire universe and i think that's what it felt for me i was like just keep researching horses and the symbology i've used the word again now so now it's canon uh, of uh, of like horses in, you know in, in where they appear in literature and culture and what they mean and yeah then you start to get you start to get to the point where you you're um like you feel like you're starting to draw spirals on your, your bedroom walls because everything starts to feel connected to to everything else. So, yeah, like I wish my workflow was better. I wish that like I knew <laughs> when starting an idea whether that was a one week idea or or a three week idea. But like once you're so far into it, you kind of have to see it through to the other end, uh, no matter just how kind of weird and odd that gets right <laughs> it feels yeah. appropriate actually the the last one i listened to before speaking to you today was uh, the episode repeat after me which again fixates on the idea of examining a piece of material repeatedly or over a long period of time and observing how that changes and what really struck me about that one is the fact that i mean you open with a william Bazinski piece which i think almost encapsulates or made me really think about where you may, what direction you may be going in with the episode and got me quite excited mm. to hear that. And also in a, another episode recently, you used like a super slowed down version of Born Slippy, uh, which is, was <laughs> amazing. And it made me think about the fact that, I mean, music manifests in your episodes in quite interesting ways. So I'm intrigued as to like what music is like as like either... Uh, a material that you use within the work or like as an influence on what you do as well yeah it's definitely particularly when it gets to a point where because it's just one person as well and you know most episodes of my podcast are made just by me um usually at very very weird hours a day (laughs) um and so like it's hard to listen to just like one voice talking for long periods of time um and so and also my scripts tend to, they kind of move in a lot. There's like sidebars and there's kind of like little sort of side alleys that things go down and then I need to kind of like move back to the sort of central argument. So like, I think using like sound and like a lot of it, I feel like is, yeah, it moves very much just towards very tonal stuff. It, but it really helps me um, sort of draw boxes around certain parts of the text of the script and let me kind of just like move in and out of different spaces that certain things I want to talk about will have like particular types of theme that sort of like that that run with it and yeah and so being able to to kind of um it's still a working process for me like that's the kind of thing like um like making uh the sort of the the, the music aspect is something that I'm, I've just been every single episode I try and teach myself how to do um, like a new thing that, 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 I, that I couldn't do before and sort of slowly building up a slightly more kind of a bit more of an elaborate paint box in order to, uh, to, to to cover particular things incidentally just during the period of like me messing around with born slippy and i wouldn't be able to put it out anywhere because it's just the it's just the song but i I was like i actually found i made like a i i i found that if you play three versions of born slippy over the top of each other just and slightly stagger it um it's 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 pretty good <laughs> like, like <laughs> but it turns out but turns out you can play as many born slippies simultaneously <laughs> and uh you know maybe because it's like because it's a techno techno beat you can you can really layer them up uh oh, until you've well. got like you know like three or four carl hides all going at once <laughs> and uh like it's it's up up I, it's it's currently it's my ringtone uh you know like it's uh you know like it's good 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 for waking up in the morning uh to but um yeah, I know so, exactly what Jack's going to be doing later. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to bed tonight. That's great. <laughs> wow. Well, Ross, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and not only recommending a, a, a Wicked podcast I'm going to be 
taking with me and uh, listening to much more but also uh, enlightening us to to your podcast as well it's been great no, well joy thank you yeah it's a pleasure if people want to check out imaginary advice and keep up to speed with what you're doing where's the best place for them to be headed on the internet uh i think imaginaryadvice.com actually i think that's the yeah go there cool great and freddie if people want to keep up to speed with us where should they be headed uh, you should go to www.episode.party. Um, you can also email us uh, your podcast recommendations if there's a podcast that you think it's absolutely criminal that we haven't discussed yet. You can email us at hello at episode.party or you can tweet us um, at episode underscore party. Beautiful. Okay, great. Well, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Cheers. <laughs>Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.